0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 425 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit and Kentucky Performance Products. Tonight we have Aaron Friedman on talking about riding small horses. Karen Isberg joins us with some great information about heat and skin issues. And Missy Fladland is back with a training tip about horse body awareness.
2: This is Reese koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Jassage Radio Show. Hello, Reese. Hi, Glenn. Will. Thanks for producing for us tonight. Hey, guys. How is
2: everybody doing? Uh,
1: doing very good. Very good. Yeah. Getting very tired. You know, it's halfway through the season. <laughs> halfway
2: through me, summer. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, you know, looking forward to another couple of horse shows in the next couple of weeks. Um, then maybe I might take a bit of a break because <laughs> yes, I think I need to. Uh, come yeah, visit me. Yeah, maybe we'll try and come visit Reese. And <laughs> uh, that's about it. Reese, what's going on with you?
0: Season in Canada over about August anyway, because it starts to snow.
1: Yeah, by by the end of <laughs> yes. August, it's kind of winding down, and that's it. So yes, you're right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you. Can feel like it's you, it's like you have Florida. Summer,
1: summer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it, it's true. You know, we get really we're really. Booked in Florida for three months. It's like go time. And then we settle down, and then Philip gets busy, and then we get busy also with our summer season. And then we still have a fall season, Phil, that you don't have. So I think we're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah. Well, like yeah, Phillip. which leads to scheduling nightmares for the yeah. radio. Show. makes it very complicated
2: makes it very complicated yeah no uh i am great i took mikey follow me everyone has kind of heard about my journey with this youngster he went to his first show well it wasn't his first show but he actually had to trailer about an hour and a half horse show get off the trailer go around the ring like a big boy and did his first first level test three And he had a 71% yesterday, and it was on a Wednesday. Yeah, so it was very fun to get a 71% on a Wednesday. But um, yeah, we're gonna, our next interview is gonna be with Aaron Friedman. It's gonna kind of continue on about horse showing and riding smaller horses and ponies. So we hope you enjoy. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Aaron Friedman, FEI rider, trainer, and a very accomplished event rider as well on the program. Erin, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We are so excited. You really are sort of the jack of all
3: trades. And what level have you competed in the in eventing? Uh, through a three-star level. And um, I had a man getting ready for a Rolex, but we had to reroute from, due to a, a minor injury, but he's back back together but yeah so we we've gotten through this three. and uh I've been in eventing since I was young and doing dressage and doing both which is one of the reasons I went and r- rode with Ingrid Klimka for a year because she she's my hero and everybody's hero she's pretty awesome that is so cool.
2: And, and and you are amazing. Like, we know you as a rider, and yeah, unbelievable that you are able to do both. And now you're you're riding a lot of Connemara ponies, right, and training them to the FEI levels.
3: Yes. Um, J.J. Tate, um, as you know, rides Gunboat Gideon, and she put me in touch with Pam Liddell, who is an amazing breeder, owner of these wonderful Connemaras. And her goal is to breed the ultimate adult amateur and junior horse that can go, you know, that can be competitive up through the levels. And it's remarkable, like that she has done such a brilliant job um, building the green horses. um, They all have super personalities, and um, it's been really cool to train them and ride them, and um, and. you know, and seeing, seeing how they, we've sold, I think we've sold 16 or 17 this year and seeing them with their new partners, it's really, really fun. Um, and I think important, important for the sport. So I've definitely fallen in love with the breed and and what Pam's done. And it's really cool to have an owner who is into like the greater good of, of learning and education for her ponies. Like she tries so hard to get her ponies, you know, good education and, you know, from day one and it's really, been really
2: fun yeah it's it's amazing and so what is it like I'm mean, to, to train a pony what are some kind of challenges that you hit uh, ponies are becoming super popular I know the the pony Cup is coming up in a couple weeks in Kentucky uh, and that's yep. become incredibly popular so what are some challenges that you see when you train those w- when you train ponies versus warm bloods or other other breeds so maybe
3: it's because of the adventure in me but I tend to want to push them a little bit too fast. Um, not, not fast in their training, but actually fast in their rhythm and tempo. It's, um, it's interesting because, you know, once you develop their trot, you kind of, you, you actually have to end up slowing it down a little bit because if you push them too fast, the rhythm, um, you know, you actually push them past their point of balance a little bit thinking you need to cover ground. But really, um, you know, so I say, I say finding the right tempo and rhythm is, you know, for the FBI levels is definitely, um, it's a challenge, but it's, it's also, you know, it's just getting to know the breed a little bit. Um, These ponies have huge strides, so you don't really, you don't need to make them and, you know, they are big already. So, um, you know, that's a challenge, but the amazing part is how much room you have in the arena too. So that makes it, that makes it fun as well.
2: Yeah. I guess Um, I didn't think of it that way.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, you have a diagonal to do, you know, five, um, five, four temp, uh, four tempies, and you've got a little bit more time to do it. In. Um, so that's, that's fun, but yeah, it's, it, I'd say that's a, a little bit of a challenge, but other than that, it's just, um, I don't, you know, I have to say, I don't know that it is such a challenge. They've their brain, like I've never met harder working, um, horses in my life. They're just so rideable. Um, and we, like, we have a 14 one hand, um, pony that was actually with JJ before, before I came to work for him and, um, they did put some Piazza massage on her and start doing, you know, putting pieces together. And she's just phenomenal because you look you, you know, she comes out, you wouldn't think she's got this her, but then she's got the biggest heart in the world. And she, I mean, she does all the Grand Prix movements and she'll be going Grand Prix this summer. She's just remarkable. Um, and it would be so cool for an amateur rider to ride her because she's got such a great brain, at you know, too. So, so it's cool for me to ride these ponies because I feel a little bit like what, like what Silva Martin and KJ Kate feel like with the, with having height on a horse. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, Erin, how tall are you? So, um, I my my driver's license says I'm five feet tall, so I generally go with that, but probably more like four eleven and a half. Um, <laughs> so perfect, perfect pony size. But you know, I mean, I've ridden the big horse. I've been, I, you know, I've 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 ridden plenty of big horses as well. But it is it's been really fun to um, have leverage and you know be a proper appropriately sized with a horse. It's been really fun.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you look absolutely fantastic um, on on. I saw you ride this last week, a stallion who's going to the FEI levels. So, what are some challenges? Um, and, and
3: remind me his name. And what are some challenges that you have with him? So um, so just to, to talk about that stallion for a second, that is Mont Cooper O'Grady and um, Pam Liddell Bredham herself. And he's got Gunsmoke on his father's side. Um, he is, um, and he's about 14, two and a half hands, and he just started his pre-St. George debut. Uh, he has produced so many wonderful offspring. Is a really, really special stallion. I, I've actually taught him to sleep on my lap and everything. He's a really cool, cool guy. So um, some of my challenges with him have been, uh, like I said, finding the right rhythm and tempo. He's, you know, he can be so relaxed and nice, but it's just a little bit boring. So it's just finding that FEI frame in him and um, he's finding it now and it's becoming a little bit second nature for him. So now it's getting really fun. I love it. That's fantastic, and so tell us a little bit about your fe
2: um, your your eventing mare. That is so cool. We're gonna veer off because that is so All cool. All
3: right. A yeah, we, part of the story. we got
1: a lot of subjects to cover here. <laughs> you are spread on so many different things.
3: Well, thank you. So, uh, Viola, I've had her since she was three years old, and um, the cool thing is everyone calls her the big gray mare. She's really only fifteen free hands. Um, <laughs> she just has a really large presence. Uh, she is. Uh, wonderful she's a -a once-in-a-lifetime horse for me um you know we're probably the slowest cross-country riders out there we get it done though um uh you know and I say that's our limitation is she doesn't have any thoroughbred in her but she has a huge heart and so I actually just bred her to a thoroughbred stallion so we have a uh, embryo transfer in the making um which should be really exciting because she's just got a phenomenal brain and um I've been taking her to dressage too. every year I get her qualified for the you know third level championships Something like that, but um, it's really fun. I went and I, you know, I I wanted to get to Rolex, so I went and rode for Boyd Martin for a little bit and had a blast. Um, I really enjoyed working for him, and you know, if I was like I, if I was still, uh, you know, in my twenties, I wouldn't have stopped. But I do need to, you know, I had to, I had to have a little bit more of a, a be a little bit closer to my family, and, um, but really learned a ton, and you know, I you know, I see it in Viola. I, I, you know, if there's a limitation, it will be the speed, but she's, she's a phenomenal, you know, I wouldn't, I, you know, jumping on her makes me feel pretty safe out there. That,
2: that is so
3: cool. So the next stop is Rolex, hopefully. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I, I have a, she's going to be 15 this year and I don't want to, um, I, I do. I, there's a little bit in me that may think that three stars kind of where she'll, where where the limitation might be but hey you know what like I I'm so you know I I can't thank her enough for getting me there so I've had like I said I've had her since she was a three-year-old um and so you know I I think you know we'll see um I'm going to definitely play it by ear and uh I want a happy healthy horse in the end and um she's given me everything so we'll see I I have a I have a couple things you know in the making trying to get some young horses out there and I certainly don't mind um, I love young, I do a lot with young horses and I love bringing them along. So it's just as enjoyable for me to get those young horses out there venting as well.
2: Well, that is so cool. And and you do such a beautiful job in the flat with all of them. So that's why you do so well, for sure. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> well, Erin, thank you so much for coming on today. How can yeah. our listeners find you online?
3: So, uh, uh, eb, uh, ebfriedman at gmail.com is my email. Um, and if they look up EBF Sport Horses WordPress, I do have a website that has the listing of our Connemars for sale, although it does need to be updated. Um, and you know, I can't say enough about, uh, Pam Liddell's, uh, ponies. They're absolutely wonderful. And, um, I actually had my godmother buy one and she's doing super with, with her, with him. Um, and just, you know, every single, we started six this year and one after another are just absolutely wonderful. And, um, and so, yeah, I think they're for sale up on there. And um, Kinemont site will be up soon. It is under construction at the moment, but either Facebook or by email. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Erin. Thank you guys for having me.
2: Well, we are so happy to have Karen Isberg from Kentucky Performance Products on with us for her monthly segment. Karen, welcome to the show as always.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. It's nice to be inside on this hot day.
2: I know. Well, it's so cute because I actually had a question and we wanted to just do a quick review on the heat index because we talked about this last year. We have a great segment on, um, hydrating your horses and also when it is too hot to ride and it came up here at the barn today. And so Karen, can you explain us uh, to us that formula when you're, when it may be oh, too sure. hot to really ride?
4: Sure. Right. And, and it's real simple. So I won't overcomplicate it. Um, Just quickly to remind people, you know, the way your horse cools themselves is by sweating. And and they do it by evaporation. So if the air is full of moisture, then your horse can't evaporate enough liquid off their body to cool themselves. So that's why you can't just look at temperature you have to look at temperature and humidity. And of course, out west, that's not as much an issue. But here in, in the uh, central Kentucky and in the south, it becomes a big issue, and, and often in the northeast. So what you want to do in the morning is you want to get up and you want to look at the temperature, and you also want to look at the relative humidity, and you want to add those two numbers together. You can also look at wind speed, but wind speed doesn't make a lot of difference unless the wind's really high. So you take that number and you add it together. If it's less than 130, it's safe to ride. If it's between 140 and 180, you need to be careful. You shouldn't push your horse too much. You should stay in the shade. and He's going to need a cool bath to cool down. If you add those two numbers up and they're above 180, you just need to give your horse a bath, put him in a stall under a fan, and you need to go into the air conditioning because it's just (laughs) really too hot and humid for the horse to cool himself at all. So that that's, makes sense. That's kind of in where it, a nutshell.
2: Yeah, because it is where I am today. It was, uh, I think, the temperature was around a hundred, and it was like ninety-three percent humidity. So we were up up in the hundred nineties area, and mm-hmm. so that it really was. It was really, it was it was pretty hot to be riding or doing anything. Yeah. So that's why I yeah. I emailed Karen because I said, oh my gosh, I think it is too hot to ride, or really we should all be very careful. So. Well, awesome! That was great—a great reminder. And again, everybody can search the segment from last summer we did, and it's a fantastic segment. But that was just a quick reminder for everybody. And but for this month, we have a great—we were going to talk about skin disease. This is also a huge summer issue. So, can you get us started?
4: It is so skin. (laughs) I think the biggest, probably the three biggest skin issues that I get phone calls on are sweet itch, rain rot, and just general hive. So, are you familiar with what sweet itch is? Sometimes it's called summer itch. It's
1: a fungus? Yeah. And you guys I, know I, what
4: I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, We're going it's to actually tell not it a listeners. fungus. So, it, so, what it is, is and, and you'll recognize it when I start explaining it. So, these are the symptoms. So, the horses get really, really itchy. And it's usually around their ears, their, on their mane, and, and withers or rump. Um, sometimes on their 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 face and their chest and their belly, they get really really itchy. Then it gets red and inflamed, get kind of crusty sores. Um, but in the later phase, that skin gets real thick and black and kind of wrinkly. Okay, so that's that's called summer itch or sweet itch. And what it's caused by are those little noceums, those nasty little gnats that are out. And horses become allergic to the saliva when those gnats bite them. And then they have an allergic reaction that um, is symptomatic in this way. Shows the, the horse shows those symptoms, but it just itches like crazy. Have you ever had a horse with that? I have not. I don't
1: think so.
2: i have not really. In Kentucky, I don't think we, but in the Northeast, I think you a had a lot worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean,
4: I, I can remember horses really struggling with that. So, you know, something that you can do for that, of course, is to try to limit the amount of time that they're exposed to them kind of insect like that. And then you can you can coat the areas with an oily substance like baby oil or Skin So Soft. You just need to be careful you don't use um, any of the tree oils or mineral oil because that will further aggravate the skin. And then, of course, fly sprays and things like that will help. Also, um, supplement-wise, you'd want to use uh, an omega-3 fatty acid like our Contribute, which mitigates skin reactions allergic reactions and skin inflammation so that would help so if if you're in the northeast and you're and you're dealing with swedish um those are the couple of the things that you can do um rain rot is a big problem in kentucky do you struggle with that
2: Reese? like we did yes right because we it yeah. you know, rains all the time so it's really it, or it's very moist
1: it's just humid yeah, so, yeah Humidity yes. can cause that humid and problem.
2: moist
4: yeah yeah, well, there's all kinds of skin diseases in Florida that i have never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, like that. that's all. Central. Good luck to you guys in Florida. Yeah,
0: our Good heat luck. index was oh. a thousand oh. today. So, yeah. A thousand. yeah.
4: Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> so, so rain rot is is well, it can be a combination. Typically, it's it's a fungus and it lives in the soil. And so when the horses are exposed to, you'll find that certain farms have more rain rot than others because it's in, the, it's in the dirt. It's basically in the dirt. So when the horses go out and roll, it's in the dirt, they get it. And then if the conditions are correct in on their skin, in other words, it's moist and, and, and dark, those kinds of conditions like underneath a blanket or when it's raining all the time then then that that, that fungus proliferates and causes those scabs that you that you have to pull off and you know they can lose a lot of hair. Secondarily you can get bacterial infections. So it sometimes, you know, you have to do a couple of different things to treat rain rot. And the best thing to do is talk to your veterinarian. You might have to have a skin scraping to tell exactly what's going on. Mm. What do yeah, you guys do for rain rot?
2: What do you do? Your, well we're we're very careful for rain rot? people is dry. Yeah, my favorite rainbow is Mm -hmm. keep them really dry. You know, we always try to dry them before we put them away. We always put them away. We try to put them away clean. That's, you know, I don't just hose them. I try to either hose them, put some liniment on them. I think liniment helps that way a little bit because it's got some, you know, some alcohol in it and that type of thing. Um, Or we bathe them. So we try to keep them pretty clean um, and dry. That's the big thing that we found. Like we'll put them under fans before we put them away so that their legs are dry before they go into the stuff. So that's a big Yeah, I found that helped a lot place. too. Yeah. yeah also, and think, people you know, we realize
4: have, it's very contagious. So you shouldn't yes. share brushes, you yes. shouldn't share boots, pads, grooming supplies. If you've got one horse with rain rotten, you can pass it around the barn by doing yeah. by sharing. Yeah, yeah I'm I not sure um, everybody has their own
1: stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah what's skin going? issues can think? be very tricky, can't they?
4: Yep. Oh, yeah. They can. Oh, yeah
5: it, and can it be very,
4: and again not, like you were saying it can it can, prevent, oh, it can present a lot of different ways and sometimes you're not sure what it is um, that's why having you know getting your veterinarian involved and having a skin scraping done can tell you whether it's fungal whether it's bacterial and that will help you figure out how to address the problem but but like you said the biggest thing is keep horses clean and dry um, a couple of supplements that you can use that will help with that um, again contribute omega-3 fatty acid supplement. It has the uh, marine oils in it that have the, the good omega-3s, which will reduce inflammation in general. And then um, also, there's been research that shows that, that they reduce allergic reactions. So that's important oh. if what the problem with the horse's oh. skin is an allergic reaction to something like a bug bite. Oh. Or, um, you know, some horses, there's certain grasses or weeds that they'll eat, they'll get hives. So this, that will help to reduce Um, to mitigate those allergic reactions and then reduce the inflammation. So that's if you've got a horse that's, that's prone to skin problems, putting them on contribute will really help. I have quite a few horses that are on contribute for that reason. It makes a difference. Um, The elevate natural vitamin E will help. It supports the immune system. So it wards off those secondary bacterial infections, and it will also help the lesions on the skin heal faster because the immune system is working better. So those are two. So Karen, I mean, no, those are my two go-to like, supplements. Those are
2: your go-to? Yeah. So my horses yeah, are on the vitamin E and, and I don't have that much trouble. So it sounds like that their immune system probably is supported fairly well because we, we yeah. don't actually have that much trouble with, I mean, knock on wood, because when we do, it's a, it's a horrible pain. But my guys are always on the vitamin E. So um, that has seemed to help a lot because well, I think it makes again, it more a difference, you
4: know? Yeah. Yeah. And vitamin E is is, is most often deficient in the diet. I mean, uh, the the modern diet just does not provide a lot of natural vitamin E to horses. You know, they're not out out grazing enough, you know, long enough to get the levels of vitamin E that they need considering the work that they're doing. You know, if they're just a a pasture ornament and they're out all day long grazing, then they're going to get a maintenance dose of vitamin E and they're going to do okay. But if they're working at all, then those vitamin E requirements increase. Um, depending on the level of work they're doing, and if we don't increase those levels with them, then they don't have that uh, critical antioxidant support that they need to keep their muscles, their nerves, and their immune system healthy. So it's pretty important. We've talked about that a
2: lot. yeah, I'm like, excellent. I'm like, huh, very cool. And then hives, um, you know how do you how do you handle the vitamin E to contribute? but what are some other kind of hives are hives are hard? Hives are the worst.
4: Well, hives are hard because hives are a symptom of another problem. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do is you need to figure out what caused the hives. Now, I've had horses here in Kentucky that will go out, they'll get rained on in the afternoon. and They'll come in and the next day they'll they'll be all hivey. Um, and then that'll break with rain rot. So it just kind of depends on what it is. Um, so hives mm-hmm. are a reaction. And what you need to do is find out what's causing it. Um and again, hives can be caused by, you know, the, the um um an interaction on their skin with a fungus. In other words, that you know, they'll they'll get that raised area of inflammation and then that'll turn into rain rot. Now whether the hives cause the rain rot or the rain rot, we're we're just taking advantage of the hives being there, I don't know. You know, that's that's a question for a veterinarian. But I do know that there are some there are some horses that you know, are allergic to certain weeds or some grasses. Sometimes it's a change in hay. Sometimes it's a it's a change in grain. Maybe it's, you've changed your grain too fast, and it's it's a jolt to their system, and then they they get hives, which is kind of typically hives is an allergic reaction to something. So again, to contribute, which mitigates those reactions and supports lower levels of inflammation will help, and the vitamin E to support the immune system, the elevate. So all of those would help. And then I think if you have a horse that's chronically getting hives or it gets hives very badly, you definitely need to get in touch with your veterinarian. The horse may need steroids or um, antihistamines in order to get better. So it's not something I think you want to mess around with if you've got a horse that's got huge hives on one. I would call my bet, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, Karen, as always, Awesome conversation, I and mean, you were so helpful with all with everything that all the questions. And if our listeners have any questions, uh, how can they get in touch with you?
4: Well, they can get on our Facebook page, just Kentucky Performance Products, and they can leave a message there. They can either leave a private message or they can put it on the page. Um, they can call us at our office. Um, our office hours are Monday through Friday, five to uh, eight to five, and um, that's it. Eight five nine. Eight seven three two nine seven four, 2974 or um, they can go on our website and email us at info at kpp.com so there's lots of ways to get in touch and we're happy to answer Thanks. yes you're amazing at answering
2: questions like I said I had the question of the heat index today so thank you for answering it for me as well well Karen thank you so oh, much welcome. we look forward to our discussion next week okay thank you
4: and I, you guys stay cool and I hope you're having uh, fun with your horses
0: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief Girth at totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, we are super excited, to We kept Missy Flagland on the line for a Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. Missy, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we, uh, as we talked about sort of last week, we talked about that you're in England right now training with two horses, and we wanted you to come up for with a saddle, with a tip of the week uh, from over there. So what do you got for us? I think for me,
6: and what I've learned over here, not learned, but just been more made more aware of, is about when I use my leg and my lower leg, especially to address the horse's hind leg. That I get not only the reaction of the hind leg, but physically where the leg goes, whether it goes, pushes into my leg a little bit to the inside of the circle, or if the, if the leg actually steps under the midline of the horse. And one of the things that my husband and I do, or the background that I came up through, was through um, people like Buck Branneman, Tom Dorrance, and Ray Hunt, were for a young horse, a horse that had never been saddled or started. We'd we did a lot of what we call groundwork on the ground where we do a lot of bending and yielding, getting the hind quarter to step under as the horse starts to put a bend through its whole body. And in relating that to other people who are schooling, maybe you're on your horse and you're going to the right and you're struggling with the shoulder four, you're struggling with straightness, you're struggling with um, setting the horse up to do a canter walk transition or a walk canter transition. And, I think that for people, if they can back down the step and make sure that when they put the aid on, in this particular case, a leg, that they're actually getting the reaction that they think they're feeling. And for me, and for some of the things that I've seen here while I'm in England, um, for example, Carl was schooling an upper level rider at his place last week. And one of the things that the horse wasn't quite doing was, was really stepping under its midline. It was activating its hind leg, but it wasn't stepping under its midline when the rider put its leg on. And so Carl had the rider drift the hind quarter slightly to the outside to get the right reaction. And it was more for the rider than it was for the horse. So that the rider could feel when the horse's leg was in the right place anatomically for the horse's body. And so that for me this week is, has been a big focus and feel of when I put my leg on, not only that the hind leg did activate, but where it activated too. And I, do, I think that for a lot of people, that's a huge hole in their training and feet and their riding as they learn to feel for this, that it becomes something that, especially if you have mirrors or if you have somebody on the ground, that in a leg yield, when you really get a leg yield, you really can feel the hind leg step over and cross. And it's a similar version to that, but it's on a lot smaller scale because we wouldn't want the horse to get out out of balance in a way to where you um, step off the line of travel that you're on in most instances. So for me, that would be the tip of the week is that whether you're riding down a center line, whether you're riding down the long side or coming through the corner, everybody understands about a shoulder for shoulder in, but are you really getting the hind leg to the middle of the body? Like, like it needs to be in order to bear the weight and carry the weight as a horse spins around your inside leg. So that would be my tip of the week.
2: I love it. That's fantastic. And, and certainly something that, you know, that's, that's basically dressage, right. Or training your horse yeah. is when, when we ask a question, it, we want the horse to have a reaction and then as the horse gets more and more trained and more and more tuned like you said you saw this and this was an upper level horse it's like okay i don't just want you to lift that hind leg i want you to lift your hind leg and then i want you to place it here and i think that's one of the things that that we get better and better as you go more and more through through your training what do you think phil i
1: agree yeah i would just sorry i would just ask if there's you know, any tips, Missy, that you, that you use or that you would have that helps people become more aware of, you know, where their horse's legs are or feet are or where the horse is in general in space? Because, you know, it's really nice to be able to have a coach there every day. But how do you kind of figure that stuff out for yourself?
6: Great question. And there's a lot of simple exercises that people can do to address that. One is when you are by yourself if you have the ability, whether you have a mirror or even like a camera to at the walk on a loose rein, pick a foot. And every time you think of that foot, you, you say to yourself when the foot is either coming off the ground or landing on the ground, you decide with how, however you're going to time up with it. And you say it in a way. So as you ride by the camera or you ride by the mirror, you look and you see, am I in time with the foot? Do, Do, do I know when the hind right hind leg is going to leave the ground. Do I know when the right hind leg is coming down to the ground? And the reason, reason that's important is because once a foot starts, people can imagine this in themselves. Once your foot starts to leave the ground, if you're jogging or if you're walking, if somebody interrupts that foot, when it's in the air, it's always going to pull you off balance. But if somebody influences your movement before that particular foot leaves the ground, then that then you have more ability to maintain balance. And then you can ask a different trajectory of that foot. And that's very similar to what we do in horses. So if you can influence either a front foot or a hind foot before it leaves the ground, then you have a better chance of that horse being less resistant in their body and doing what you're asking. But in order to start doing that, you have to know when those feet leave the ground. So that's one exercise you can do. Another one, would be again very similar from from a standstill can you ask the hindquarters you know to move around the forequarters without a ton of rein contact you know how how easily and how much does your horse understand where they can yield a hind foot and maybe just one step um that's another piece of the puzzle very very yeah, that, that's stuff. a big one
1: for me i think that's important yeah sorry i was just going to say you know mm-hmm. just reiterate yeah, that point but if you're trying to ride lateral movements, you have to make sure that the lateral aids work, you know, not just, yep. you know, the beginning, I think we just always established the, you know, the gas and the brakes, right? The forward and the back. But I think people yep. get, you know, um, get working on their leg yield while they're in motion. And that, you know, that doesn't always uh, make sense to a horse that, you know, now you're teaching them something completely different. And leg yield is, you know, or just moving the body away from the pressure of the legs. Instead of, you know, kind of forward from pressure in your legs is a totally different conversation that you need to have with the horse. And it's really important to establish that you can do that. I mean, from the ground as well, Absolutely. I think I, I try and have all my students be able to, you know, push the a horse away from pressure of your hand, you know, then, then that could start the whole process before you ever, you know, get on the ground. But but uh, I see Absolutely. too often that the horses are just kind of running through the aids and, and it's not really working out very well for the rider who's trying to develop you know from train usually from training level to first level and and just starting the concepts of of uh, lateral work so yeah. I'm, glad, I'm really that, glad you brought that, that up.
6: well thank you and and that you can do that with connection to a very uh, fairly soft ring that was one thing I've yeah. noticed here you know Carl would mention a lot soften the rain soften the rain make the rain you know he, he knows what correct connection is but at the same time, he also knows that the horse has to be able to respond to the leg without running through the hand. It's got to be connected to the hand. It can't be backed off and too light. But it also can't be running. You can't use the hand to stop the forward to get the sideways. They have to understand both. And so that that too becomes, again, uh, why we do it, <laughs> a way to make ourselves more sophisticated in our aids and, and so forth, making the horse and the rider more of a complete partnership. But some basic things is just to even start with, okay, when is the hind, right hind coming off the ground as I'm walking on a loose rein? When is the left hind coming off the ground as I'm walking on a loose loose rein? Do I really know when that is? And so those are, those are some really important things because if you know where the feet are and if you understand how the horse's body works, you can direct them anywhere. Yeah, it's fantastic. Said than done, as
2: we- yes, I was, just, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, that is, that is a, Yes.
1: It's a challenge, a big uh, challenge especially as I'll they're cantering you. around the arena, right?
2: Yeah,
1: You're exactly. Kind of at I'll a little bit you, more best, speed than walk.
6: The, one of the best horsemen I ever knew, Ray Hunt, um, could get on a colt that had never been rode. And he could trot it around, No, usually nothing on its head, just, just with the saddle on, pick up a canter, canter half a circle, go across the back, do a flying change, and go the other way. And the horse had never been cantered on with a human. And he would ride by, and he would just say you just got to know where the feet are. And he's right. I mean, it can be that simple. I will never be that good. I will, I will aspire to be that good. I will never be that good. However, his point was never, never, never forget. It's from their mind through their body to their feet, you know, and if you don't get a change in the horse's feet, your aid probably didn't go through mentally and physically. So I hope that helps some people think about things.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank- Missy, yeah. thank you so much for staying on the line and, and, and doing the total saddle fit tip of the week. Any more questions? I'm at
6: www.lariata ranch, L A R I A T A ranch.com. And you can click on our email and drop me a note, and I can respond back to you. That's not a problem. Fantastic. We're also on Facebook. Sorry, we're also on Facebook at Kip. Kip Missy Fladland, and you can message me there as well.
0: This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip
5: both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. Totalsaddlefit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time, we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available.
0: At Totalsaddlefit.com. Visit Totalsaddlefit.com. Well, hey, guys, I wanted to remind everybody that we have a brand new show that does involve dressage, and that is the World Equestrian Games radio show that Samantha Clark and I do. It's called the 2018 WEG Show. We are uh, in the process now of going through all the different disciplines. We're kind of given a 101 on all of them. We've done dressage. Actually, we've done all of them. In this week's episode, we did reining, which is kind of the dressage of the Western world and the only Western discipline. So we took a close look at that and... We're going to be doing starting a series now until the beginning of next year, what we call the Champion Series. That's all people who have won gold medals in the past at the WEGS. And we're going to be bringing them on and doing a, a series with them. So, and then next year, we'll be really getting in-depth into who's, who's going, who's not going. We're going to be attending a lot of the test events up in Tryon. We talk a lot about where you can stay, what the tickets are, and all that stuff. We're supposed to have a big wig from WEG Organized committee on the next episode to go over what the details are. I know we've been getting the question from everybody. Are tickets available yet? Not yet. Uh, They're still putting that together. The only thing, you know, we've confirmed a couple things, like you will park off-site, you will not park at Tryon, and you will be bused in. The only people parking at Tryon will be the competitors and their immediate crew. The, uh... Housing is something that if you're thinking about going next year, you better think about doing it now. You will be staying an hour to an hour and a half away. It's just there aren't a ton of hotels. And the ones that are in the area, are are a lot of them are being reserved for officials and volunteers. So definitely start looking at that. Maybe go to any of the house services. Although I did put in for a house for us. And uh, for for the whole run, uh, for I think it was Airbnb or Home Away, one of those two, and they wrote back and said, "Oh no, those rates don't apply during WAG," and they tripled it.
5: <laughs> True. Yeah.
0: So a house for the two weeks went from three thousand to almost eight thousand um, dollars. <laughs> I think housing is going to be the biggest issue. If you know somebody mm-hmm. in the area and they have a, a couch, <laughs> might be an option, too. <laughs> uh, but definitely, it's something to take a look at. But we'll keep you informed of everything we find out. We've been interviewing locals. We've been really taking a look at that area. And we hope that uh, you can join us over on the 2018wegshow.com. Sounds Awesome.
2: Yeah, I know. We need to be listening too, Phil, so we know what's going on.
0: We're, well, we're <laughs> yeah, hoping to sure. get a house that well, as you guys come in to help coverage uh, for the different disciplines, we can all fit. That's the goal.
2: <laughs> we like it. We can we bring air mattresses. We're good that way.
0: Yeah, we're hoping. Yeah, we well, we're really for looking all.
2: forward to it. Yeah. 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 Very Bales cool. And we're really looking <laughs> Look, looking for hey, 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 can be slept on. I think we all probably have slept on the bell of hay or two <laughs> yeah, um, sure. in this in this conversation for sure. So well, cool. Well, we're really looking forward to it. And as always, email and Facebook, you are welcome to shout out to us or if you want some questions for us to get to Glenn, we can do that as well. Um, and as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website, dressageradio.com. radio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors to allow us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. Thank <laughs> you.